Hello, welcome to this episode of Creepypodsta, the Creepypodsta podcast. I'm the host, the usual host, Jeff Kowalski. Uh, I gotta break that habit. I keep being, like, uh, back from vacation since I took a long break where I wasn't the host, as if, like, that's the way I'm saying it, but that's not the case. It's always just me. It's, well, not just me. I have guests. It's In fact, it's never just me, but it's always is me. I'm here primarily, and then there's also other people. This is very unclear. So this show, we talk about creepypastas, and if you don't know what those are, uh, Google it, Grandpa, because, like, seriously, it's a uh, it's a young people thing. No, no it's, uh, oh boy. So there was copied and pasted stories, and people started calling it copypasta, which is a pretty good pun, and then people started doing spooky ones, uh, and they called it creepypasta, so it's, like, two steps removed from meaning anything. It's <laughs> essentially meaningless, and this point uh so anyway that's what we do on this show it's october uh i watched a horror movie yesterday it was called uh deathgasm that was uh pretty fun it was like if new zealand heavy metal evil dead was all the same thing and then today i watched hush and it was incredibly tense it's a home invasion movie where the woman being home invaded is deaf uh so that's really scary so i'm definitely on edge and feeling spooky halloweeny uh and now i'm gonna introduce my guests who have been sitting there in rapt silence for moments while I did this very brief intro. Uh, I have, uh, I guess, returning to the show, technically, Leah Patterson. Hi. And brand new to the show. First time on a podcast ever, maybe? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Chloe Heron. Hello. (laughs) And we have two stories for you. Nope, today we have one story. See, here's what we do. It's, uh, I don't know, sometimes people who listen to the show don't seem to get this, even though I mentioned it a lot. We record two episodes at a time so that I don't have to record this show all the time. Because they're only like half an hour-ish. Except, see, this is coming out right after one where we only recorded one episode. Uh, I keep contradicting myself. Anyway, today's story. This week. That's hmm, not this week. It's this is coming out. No, actually, I stand corrected from my correction. It is coming out this week. I will have to edit it, like, tomorrow or right after I record it. Uh, we have a story called... Mm, uh, title. What is... Uh, uh, listen, I'm just going to title this episode 911 Operator, because the title on No Sleep is I'm a 911 Operator, just had the most terrifying call, and that was suggested to me by Dig from Twitter. Uh, I don't know if that's a name that you use, uh, but that's what your Twitter uh, display name is. So, hi, thanks for telling, giving to about... Uh, Chloe, why don't you give us a summary of this story? So basically, it's from the point of view of a 911 operator, obviously, and the person who's calling is like, hey, you know, this is really weird, but there's somebody in my front yard, and they're just kind of walking around in circles, and the 911 operator's like, what? (laughs) And so the guy's like, well, I don't know, like, who he is, but... I just see him and he's just like outside my window and then he gives him the address and 
basically they just keep going back and forth um, about like you know are your doors locked and all that and then like the guy's like staring at him through the window and then it kind of leaves you on a cliff hanger at the end yeah yeah it sort of uh it ramps up a little like the guy starts doing a handstand and then the uh the person making the call is like his teeth are so big uh and then um the 911 operator is like are you alone in your house uh, and the guy's like, yes, I am. And then the guy outside, like, shakes his head as if to say, no, you're not. Uh, and then it ends there. Uh, it's very brief. You can go read it if, uh, it sounds like your thing. Um, part of the reason why, I mean, I had a big long list of suggestions from Didge, and part of the reason I picked this one was, A, it's pretty short, and B, I've been kind of digging into, like, true crime stuff lately. Um, like, I'm working on doing a sort of serious telling of, uh, the Slenderman stabbing, and I, I listened to the 911 call for that. Did you know you can just listen to 911 calls? Yeah, like, it's all crazy. of them? It's yeah. ridiculous. It's uncomfortable. Uh, have either of you ever just, like, listened to a 911 call for a crime either you knew about or did not know about? Yeah, um, I think so. Yeah, there's another podcast I listened to where they, like, would just listen to them, and it's like, whoa. It's crazy yeah. to, like, he- like listen to a crime being described either as it's happening or right after it's happening if you've already read it described to you, if that makes sense. Like... Say you read, like, the Wikipedia page on a crime, but then you hear the person who's actually experiencing it, like, talking about it, it makes it scarier. It makes it more real, which is not something that I usually want to happen when I'm learning about true crime. I want to be able to, like, separate myself from it. Mm -hmm. Now, I've been told that the creepiest of the 911 calls are the calls from someone who did the murder, but is still pretending that they didn't do the murder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's like oh, that's so crazy yeah like a, like a husband who has killed his wife and is like trying to get away with it so he calls down one to be like oh no someone not me definitely killed my wife uh yeah apparently those are the creepiest ones to listen to and i don't want to do that because it sounds horrible if you listen to a lot of those because i've definitely listened to a lot where it's like and then they find out that he had not put like she hadn't fallen down the stairs he actually stabbed her in the face they usually like they use Those are like, two different injuries. That happens all the time though. That's always like, yeah, my yeah. like they usually say like there's blood everywhere. Oh my god, there's blood everywhere. And then the cops get there and the person is covered in blood and they're like, Well, you told us that she fell down the stairs, so why are you covered in blood? Yeah. It's it's like Suspicious. bad lying. It's like they think that when the people get there they're not gonna look at them and realize that like what they're saying on the phone does not connect to what is physically in front of them. Well, I don't know, because, like, uh, the JonBenet Ramsey case, she had, like, a big uh, head trauma and died by asphyxiation, so it was like, mm, that's weird that she had both of those, uh, let's not check into it. And then they didn't, they just didn't check into that it. The whole thing is a mess. Yeah, so I guess sometimes uh, these crime doers are like, mm, well, other people get away with crimes. <laughs> I don't probably don't have to try very hard. Ah, <sighs> crime. Uh, yeah, but anyway, this story is not about a crime doer calling 911, but in fact, someone who is being... Uh, I don't know, some kind of slender man. He's getting, he's getting, uh, 
spooked away by some kind of uh, crazy teeth ghost. <laughs> Who likes to uh, do handstands. Yeah. Yeah, it's got a sort of aspect of the We Danced or Smiling Man of just like, maybe it's supernatural, but it's definitely just like a dude being weird, even if it is. Did you see this specific story? Someone on YouTube made like a short film out of it. And the way that that they dealt with it is that they had the people um, or like the, the character, the one who's outside and the one who's in the house, who we don't see in the story, but who we assume is in the house. Um, they have them wear masks with huge smiles on them. Um. Which, I don't know if you guys clicked through, at the bottom of the uh, like actual story on No Sleep, there is a second part of the story. Yeah, I just I just found that. It's called Urgent Update, and it's like a police uh, notice. Like, right. go, like, don't... Uh, don't, like, keep an eye out. There's these creepy guys doing crimes. Right, and they mention, uh, like, cult activity in it. Um, but they also mention that it seems like there was someone who was able to take, like, ridiculously huge strides across the yard. So mm. there's still that air of, like, okay, is this actually, like, a cult of people who are murdering people? Or is this some weird supernatural scary man? Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting, the, the way, like, it's so hard and hard to keep mystery alive while also unfolding and, like, giving answers and having resolutions, because part of what's scary is not knowing what's going to happen Mm -hmm. or what has happened, um... So, like, with this story, it's the it's scary initially not knowing what's happened. And then the author, I guess, kind of got that itch, like, ooh, I want to give more details, which usually don't follow that instinct. Like, yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you're a writer writing a story and you've written a, like, creepy horror story and you're like, what if I expanded on this? Mm, don't. Well, there's that it's whole idea with horror writing that, like, what's scarier are the things that you can't see or the things that are, like, just out of view. I can't remember who said yeah. There's, like, a really, like, well-known quote about that. It might have been Stephen King, but I'm not sure because I think we see his monsters pretty often. Um... And I think that's true. Like, it's it's the things that aren't explained that are definitely more unsettling than the things that are most of the time. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Like, all the time, but... Yeah, it's because, like, um... I, I There's this movie called The Innkeepers, and it's about a haunting in a hotel, and uh, you don't see the ghosts at any point in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one part where it's, like, pulled in real close on, uh, like, a dude's face as the woman he's with is, like, the ghost is right behind you, and he's like, I can't, like, I shouldn't move then, right? Uh, and she's like, don't turn around, the ghost is, like, right behind you, and it's this super tense scene. No, you don't ever see a boogeyman. Nothing bad happens to either of them. Because, like, it's trying to maintain that air of, like, maybe it isn't real, but maybe it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and this story sort of abandons that by having a sequel, but then I guess re-injects a different type of mystery by being like, well, I guess he had super long legs. <laughs> Uh, so did we did we like this story, Chloe? What did you What did you think of this one? I thought it was okay. I mean, it had me interested from the beginning, but I feel like I don't know. Once it got to like the handstand part, I was like, "That's really strange." And he's like, "Oh, he's upside down." I'm like, "Can you imagine somebody just 
all of a sudden doing a handstand and you're like, oh, okay, gymnastics, cool. Like, yeah. Yeah, when he first said that, I thought, like, he was, like, floating upside down, and that was creepy, but then, yeah. oh, no, he's doing a handstand, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, if he would have just been not- floating, I don't know. I feel like that would have been creepier. <laughs> Yeah, almost like a uh, like a like a glitched video game NPC. Like he's just walking in a circle, and then like you look back, and suddenly like he's just like doing the same thing but upside down. Yeah, uh, it seemed like yeah. they were trying to play with like the daunting, slightly goofy villain, which I think only works to like a very specific extent. Like especially with a villain like this, where they're supposed to be mysterious and quiet, but then he's doing something really fucking goofy, and he's like on his on his hands, and it's like, well, and smiling. Like now he's not just like slightly weird and evil. Now he's like having a really good time being maybe evil, and that kind of like changes the tone of the story a lot. Yeah, if you have a goofy uh, villain in your story, they also have to be like supremely powerful to make up for it. Like Freddy Krueger, he's infinitely powerful within like when you're asleep. Uh, within the space of dreams. He's just, he can do anything. So it, like, it's fine that he's wearing, like, a grandma sweater and, like, a goofy hat and is always being like, I'm crazy! Because, like, it's whatever. It's, like, his, he doesn't have to be threatening himself because he's like, all the things he can do is super scary. But this guy doesn't do anything in the story. In the sequel now, he breaks in the house and kills the guy, but in just this story- We don't story- even know if the guy is killed, though. In the sequel, it's like, and the cop's like, someone obviously broke in and no one's answering, I'm gonna leave. And then the police officer leaves. Okay, so- that's- mm, I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they usually check, and if the door is unlocked, they go in, even if there is no suspicion of a crime. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that I'm just gonna ignore the sequel for the purposes of this because it doesn't sound like it enhances the existence of this tale, which is already kind of like mm, on on thin ice for me. Um, I don't know. I it had some good ideas. I generally I I'm sort of I I sort of stand up for some of the stories that we cover on the show. They're like maybe not that good. Uh just because I've read so many creepypastas and usually they're not even trying at all. Uh, and this one is at least trying to do something different with its format, even if it's sort of, uh, aping other stories with just, like, the way the villain is, oh, it's just this guy, and I don't know, he's walking around weird. He's drunk, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. But it's like, it's not, it's not terrible, it's fine, I'm sure it was fun to write, (laughs) uh, I never give. I've never given it a shot to write a uh, a no sleep or any kind of creepypasta. I don't know why. Uh, well, probably because I'm an extremely undisciplined writer and can never force myself to sit down and write anything. Uh, but also, I, I, it's hard. I don't know, Leah. I know you write a bit. I don't know about you, Chloe, but um, it's hard to like. I've never really been scared by 
uh, writing. Like I've written, I've read horror things and been like, this is good, but they never scare me the way like movies or video games do. See, I'm the opposite. Specifically, horror writing scares me. I can watch really? like a crazy amount of horror movies and not be scared. And I think the only video game that's ever scared me is Silent Hill, which I'm still mad about because like I play it and I don't know why it's scaring me. And I'm so used to not being scared by video games <laughs> that I get furious. I can't play more than like 10 minutes at a time because I get mad that I'm being scared. Um, I don't know. It, it might be like an overactive imagination thing. When I was younger, I was afraid of windows at night. Um, I was afraid of like having all the lights off. I had to have my TV on all the time, but I also loved reading scary things and I loved the feeling of being scared. Um, hmm. so I don't know. I think that like when I read something, it gives me the ability to picture something that's going to uniquely scare me, especially if that the makes villain sense. isn't, um, described very much. Like we don't, we get that he has big teeth, but we don't know what that means. Like are his teeth just very long or does he have like big pointy teeth? Um, just things like that. Yeah, I I think for me it's just like I don't know, maybe I'm a little bit dead inside uh as far as imagination goes cuz like just give me that audiovisual experience and I'll be scared. Like even, like I feel like a roller coaster and the line on a roller coaster and then getting on the coaster gives me the same uh like physical and emotional sensation as watching a horror movie. Okay. Because, like, I watched Hush, which is on Netflix, which everyone should watch. It's, it's great. very good. Uh, and it's just, like, it's so tense that I found myself just, like, with my hands over my mouth the whole time. Just like, uh... And I'm like, I'm going to put a movie on and then, like, not really pay attention and edit a podcast. And I found myself just wrapped with focus. That's the <laughs> second time I've used that word. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Um, uh, Chloe, what's your experience with horror? Are you, do you fall on the side of, of, uh, AV or, or written word? I feel like, I feel like, I don't know. I mean, I, I read a lot of like, of like R.L. Stein and stuff when I was younger and I feel like it scared me, but not like scared me where like after I finished the book, I'm like, oh no, like I'm so scared. But then like movies or like audio, I feel like, eh, not really, but I feel like what really scares me is like real life stuff like going to like haunted houses and stuff like people actually jumping out but i feel like nothing else really i don't know bothers me like there's been a couple movies like that like after i watched it i was like um yeah i shouldn't have watched that but <laughs> yeah that know. was a. Uh, it's like i've sort of inoculated myself just through like uh exposure to being too scared by movies and stuff because last year uh when i started this podcast actually one of the reasons i started it was i was watching a horror movie every day for the month of october um and by the middle of the month i'm like mm, i'm itching to talk about horror and spooky things uh but then just thinking about it now like yeah i read goosebumps when i was a kid i read carrie when i was in like seventh grade like i i devoured stephen king novels up up like through high school uh so it's like it's weird because i guess i just at some point like i wasn't uh really good at reading anymore i don't know why i think school just kind of beat the will to read out of me mm -hmm. like it just kind of ruined my attention span for reading um and then the only horror available to me was movies and video games, which were too scary. So I guess I was like a budding horror fan and just kind of fell out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
but yeah, I, I guess I sort of back now since I'm I, I do a podcast about it. I must be <laughs> I must be a true dyed dyed in the wool fan. What does that mean, dyed in the wool? I wonder if it's like accidentally racist. I don't know. I'm gonna Google it. Dyed <laughs> in the wool, unchanging in a particular belief or opinion, inveterate. Uh, well, I guess that's not the case since I was like <laughs> I don't like it, but now I do again. But I did before. <sighs> okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I. No etymology is coming up that is distasteful. Guys, I just discovered today that the phrase long time no see uh, has a racist origin, making fun of Native American people. Oh, no. Really? Yeah, it's apparently supposed to be an imitation of their sort of broken English from back in cowboy times. Uh, and the phrase um, no can do is supposed to be making fun of Chinese immigrants from the Old West. So, like, I didn't, dang. I didn't know about either of those, and I just like looked up offensive, uh, offensive word origins, and those were the first two on the like Oxford English dictionary. Oh no! Dictionary's so it's list. well known too, most likely. And mm, I, I don't know if it's if well it's at known. the top of the list, or, or like a lot of people must not look it up. Yeah, <laughs> probably not. Yeah. But it's I I feel like the fake uh, the fake racist etymology for picnic is more well known and like that one's not even real. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't repeat it here because it involves a bad word. Um, <laughs> but it's like mm, uh, man, we got way off topic. What happened? I don't even uh, know. <laughs> yeah, nine one one operator. Uh, yes. So what is the spookiest part of this story? Start with Leah. Um. <sighs> Can I just talk about what the spookiest element of the story is? Would that be okay? Like, the reason that it's scary Mm -hmm. to me? Because it definitely did, like, strike a little bit of a chord. Um, There's this whole thing that I have with villains or bad guys or people who want to do you harm who don't speak. Um, Like, I can relate that back to... I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie The Strangers... Or, uh, I haven't. It's on, it's on my list. I want to watch it. That movie is Halloween. very scary. I watched it in middle school. And the main characters, I think they have maybe, like the main villains, I think they have maybe like two lines the entire movie. And a lot of the movie is spent with them being just out of view of the character. And they don't really do much most of the movie besides oh, just boy. being slightly out of view. And I think the the idea of the creepy guy outside being, you know, not directly in front of the window for most of the story, just being, like, outside in the yard kind of brought that, like, scary, like, you could even, like, just turn around and turn back and he could be, like, around the other side of the house feeling back. Um, like, I don't know if I'm describing that well. Like, the idea of, like, not being able to hold this scary person in one place um, oh, yeah. what, was what scared this, scared me um, about this story. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i a big sucker for that type of thing, too, where it's just, like, uh, oh, it's, it's dramatic irony, where the audience knows more about the situation than the characters mm-hmm. uh, do. So, like, for example, any... I, I think there's a poster, yeah, there's a poster for The Strangers where it's just Liv Tyler in the living room looking at the audience and then a dude just, like, in the shadows yes. behind her and she can't see him. Uh, and that's, 
incredible. That's like that works on me. Uh, and then like the inciting incident of Hush is someone like banging on the window, like uh, begging for help, while the main character cannot hear her because she's deaf and does not look to see. And it's just so frightening. It's so unsettling uh, to think that things could be happening that are horrible and you're not noticing them. Yeah, yeah, that's why whenever I have headphones on for any reason, I'm always like, occasionally I'll remember like, oh, I can't hear the things happening around me, and I get freaked out a little bit. (sighs) Chloe, what's the spookiest part of the story for you? Um, probably when the operator's like, okay, I need you to make sure all the doors are locked, and he's like, okay, I have to, you know, look away from the window and make sure the deadlock is locked, and then, um when he looks back like the guy's like face is pressed to the window like i feel like that's just so creepy because i don't know i'm always like paranoid like i'm gonna like look out the window and somebody's just gonna be chilling there like i've had nightmares about that so (laughs) yeah that's a that's a solid jump scare you definitely get like the uh the high violins like the full orchestra hit as the camera turned back to reveal that dude (sighs) and just imagining his face like I don't know. That's just so creepy to me. I've definitely read it's, some like like quote unquote like real life stories where it's like I woke up in the middle of the night and I looked at my window and there was just a man's face pressed against it and those terrify me. Oh my god. Yeah, anytime uh when I'm watching a movie or a TV show, even if it's not a scary one, even if I'm not expecting a scary thing, if it's a situation where a character turns away and the camera follows them and then they're like, oh, I forgot something and they turn back, I'm always like, there's going to be something right behind them that they're going to mm-hmm. run into or see as soon as they turn back, it's going to be super scary. Or like along the same lines when someone's driving and the camera's like in the passenger seat facing towards the driver, I'm always like, there's going to be, we're going to see a car come at the camera like and t-bone this car or it's just gonna be like a shock like crash uh and like that almost never happens but i don't trust tv anymore not to do that to me (laughs) true uh i think the the spookiest thing for me is actually the scare moment at the end when uh when the guy shakes his head like i can hear you and they're you're incorrect there is definitely is someone in there with you uh it's it's fairly effective um and i sort of uh i don't know i like i i like a good I guess if I picked a favorite genre, Home Invasion would probably be up there and, like, along the same lines because it's pretty much the same type uh, haunted house. Um, Like, Paranormal Activity is really great. Uh, Your Next is really great. And those are mm, very similar in what makes them scary, where it's like you're in your home and suddenly bad things are happening to you uh, through no fault of your own. Well, it's really the uh, idea of the like antagonist or the villain being the ones who are in control of the situation is really scary. I don't know if you've ever seen yeah. Funny Games. Um, it's like a it's a home invasion movie, but it's like super psychological. I think it's. That's the the super messed up one, right? Yes. Well, it's, it's it's you know what it doesn't even have a lot of like terribly messed up scenes, but there is a point in the um in the movie where the character the the bad guy like breaks the fourth wall 
and looks at you like, you know what I'm doing. Like, you're secretly rooting for me because that's what you do when you're a person watching a horror movie. You're rooting for the antagonist to make situational, terrible things happen. Um, and that, and it makes no, you No, I'm always like, just shoot him right now with an arrow <laughs> and kill him. That would be great. I'll watch a 20 minute movie where just the home invader gets shot through the neck with an arrow <laughs> and then the credits roll and the police come and everyone's safe. Perfect. And someone gets to wear one of those big, uh, shiny blankets. <laughs> So, like, E.T.? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, no, E.T.'s, like, two hours long. That doesn't happen in E.T. <laughs> Don't they wear shiny blankets in E.T. at some point? Or am I, like, I haven't seen E.T. I, since I was, like, 10. Usually, usually when the ambulance comes, they put a shiny blanket on somebody. And <laughs> I I feel like in a cartoon, they're also drinking coffee or hot cocoa or, like, tea or something uh, in, in, the, hot, in the, the blanket. Oh, Yeah. I've yeah. seen that before. Uh, but, like, maybe less so in live action. Yeah, I mean, that would mean that the police officer would come being like, you know what, I'm going to bring hot chocolate because I know that I'll be able to take Just care of this, like, very quickly. <laughs> then we'll all have hot chocolate together and everything will be fine. <laughs> You just sit down like the person who had a near miss at being murdered, and <laughs> you put them in a silver blanket, and you give them a cup of hot liquid, <laughs> and you're like, and they'll be like, I don't know, I was just out for my jog, and I stumbled across this body. Uh, anyway, what was... We're done with this episode, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Uh... So let's do our plugs. Uh, tell the people where they can find you online if you would like them to do so. Chloe, go first. Okay, you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter or YouTube um, at Chloe, and I'll spell that for you. C-U-H-H-L-O-W-A-Y-Y. Check it out. <laughs> Okay. And Leah, where can the people find you uh, if you would like them to do so? You can find me at uh, leahpatterson.com, which is L-I-A-H, and then Patterson with one T. Or you can find me on Instagram, which is O, but just O, like not O-H, O, hey, and then L-I-A-H. Um, and I do illustration, and I'm doing uh, October, which is in a portrait special, so I'll draw you as a witch for only $12 if you want to get in on that. Yep, she's doing that for me, and it's great. I'm very pleased with it. <laughs> I'm receiving that in the mail, or I don't know, I'm seeing you next week. If you haven't shipped it out, I'll just get it from you in person. Yeah, I have to try to get to the post office. There's not a lot of post office near me in the city, so I'll do my best. Mm, yeah, that's fine. I'll just I'll see you on Thursday. You can save shipping oh, yeah, on that one. That's true. Uh, so uh, me, you can find as usual on Twitter J3FK. Go listen to my other shows. I do one about Pokemon called Someone's PC, where me and my two friends Chris and Louisa re are reviewing all the Pokemon in order. Uh, we're up to the like mid 40s now i think we do that three days a week they're about seven to ten minutes each uh monday wednesday friday uh and my favorite podcasts to record because i don't have to do any work for it except today when i edited this week's episode uh seeing reddit you can follow us on twitter at seeing reddit you can go and listen to that it's me and my friends matt and louisa and we review a random subreddit from the mm, trash pile slash uh font of knowledge that is reddit um 
Podcast. So that's it. Follow this show on Twitter at creepypodsta. Oh, uh, I haven't plugged this in a while. Go to redbubble.com and look at our t-shirts. Uh, no one has bought them. There's one with the logo from just like the normal logo from the show on black, and that's pretty cool looking. And then there's one with a logo Leah designed uh, of like, uh, what's the Ouija board thing called? Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's like a planchetta or something. Planchetta. A planchette. Planchette. Yeah, it's a... Uh, it's. I, I feel like you combined it with some kind of Italian bread. I think pancetta <laughs> is a type of bread. Anything that has like an e at the end, like t e, I always add like an e at the end, even though that's not how the English language usually pronounces it. Mm. So uh, yeah, so you can go get the planchette design on white, or maybe there's other colors, or the uh, creepy podsta uh, green text on black, and either of those. Uh, I tried to keep the profit margin as low as possible because Redbubble's a little expensive so I think it's like 20 bucks for a t-shirt or something it might be a little more uh, I'll include links in the blog post for this episode which will be weaponizedlanguage.com slash creepypodsta dash four nine four eight uh, four nine is next week uh, anyway that's um, that's me signing off there's so many good sign off lines from this episode but I'm gonna go with he's telling me I'm not alone